0: Firestar, is that you? Ravenpaw's ears twitched as he called out for his old friend. The clan cats halted and stared at him. Every cat knew about the black-pelted ThunderClan apprentice who had been driven out by his mentor, Tigerstar. Even if they hadn't known him during his short time in the forest, many had met him on the journey to Highstones. Hello, Ravenpaw. Tallstar dipped his head in greeting. Ravenpaw! Firestar pushed through the other cats to greet his old friend. Firestar! Ravenpaw touched noses with the Thunder Clan leader. He looked around. Where's Graystripe? Firestar blinked. Graystripe's not with us. Is he dead? Ravenpaw's pelt bristled with shock. Firestar shook his head. Two legs captured him. Two legs? Ravenpaw echoed. Why? They started trapping us. Firestar's mew was raw with grief. We've been forced to leave the forest what? Ravenpaw lifted his nose to scent the air. Is that WindClan and RiverClan with you? And ShadowClan? The two legs are destroying all of our homes, Firestar explained. We would have been crushed by their monsters if we stayed. If we didn't starve first. Spencer Grant and you're listening to Four Trees, a Warrior Cats community podcast. Last week I was joined by my friend Nikki to discuss the book Dawn. We talked about sasha's characterization we talked about the book itself and we talked about ducks which was actually a lot of fun and i'm glad we did that so if you're interested in learning a lot about ducks uh, or just in that discussion in general and you haven't heard it already i'd suggest listening to that before listening to this one just so you may have a better idea of what we're on about and catch any jokes or references we started in the previous episode that was something that irritates me in like the the last book bu- we okay i i appreciated in the last two books that like you've got an inkling of which cats like to hang out with each other like in the series mm-hmm. um like every time it, it feels <laughs> in this one it just feels like Ferncloud is here to have children that die and dustpelt is here yeah. to be upset about them um and that's about it that's about like all that we get from the the uh, outside books aside from like uh There was this one cat, I think his name, I think it's like Thornclaw or something, who's basically Mm -hmm. on every single patrol for some reason. Um, Oh, yeah,
1: he is the patrol cat. He's the the patrol Patrol guy? Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, like, that's about, I don't think that's intentional characterization. I think that's the (laughs) errands being like, okay, we need to come up with, like, you know, filler cats for the patrol. All right, Mm. mouse for uh, Thornclaw, you know, or something like that. Um, And I don't know, in in the last books, you got, like, a, a better idea about who was hanging out with who like obviously yeah. there was white storm and his wife that he never spoke to ever <laughs> um, Yeah, <laughs> and uh but like you know the, the, the tiger claw had his posse mouse fur had her friends like even Mousefur, mm-hmm. i don't know anything about Mousefur, but i know who she hung out with um mm-hmm. and this book doesn't really seem to have that maybe because there's a, a slightly larger abundance of uh, protagonist characters that we need to be paying attention yeah. to instead but like uh yeah, it's just a little bit sad. Like, okay, Sorreltail has lost her best friend, so now the only cat she can interact with is her new love interest, Brackenfur. Yeah, um,
1: exactly. It's just like... Mm, mm. Which
0: it's like, it's like, fine, I guess. Brackenfur's a good guy, but, you know... I just you know yeah, i wish
1: i i like more developed um, side characters to be fair with writing my own stuff mm-hmm. i've realized that i enjoy developing the side characters more than the like <laughs> the actual main protagonists. it's really weird
0: oh i completely understand where you're coming from when i was like mm-hmm. writing my book I, I kept like i don't know I, it's uh You come up with, like, a person and you come up with a voice that's just so fun that, like, Mm -hmm. you kind of feel bad about ditching them after a chapter. Um, Yeah. But, you know, that's the way things are sometimes. Like, sometimes, to be honest, I had to write, like, uninteresting background characters for the sake of getting myself not hung up on the background characters. Mm. I was like, okay, you can only have three character traits and they have to be balanced and not boring enough that I will stop caring about you the second that you uh, get out of my sight because otherwise I'm gonna be like man I wonder how that that dude is doing I bet he's in jail right now it's pretty fun um can you tell me more about your your reflections background characters because I would love to know about what it is that's enraptured you with them
1: oh I don't know it's like so obviously I've got my main characters and it's like okay I thought of this plot okay cool and it's like Right, so who are these characters that are going to be around them? Like, how are the what are the leaders like? Um, mm-hmm. What are the medicine cats like? All of this, that, and the other, and it's just like there was this. So, Storm Clan's leader, Smokestar, I mm-hmm. originally made him as like the the throwaway leader that I'm not going to develop, and no one really likes because no one likes Storm Clan because um, again, they're just Thunder Clan, so we don't care about them. Yeah. Um, and I've just started to develop like a story and like giving him motivations and i'm just like no this is not what i'm supposed to be doing i'm not supposed to like him no one's supposed to like him we're all supposed to hate him he's supposed to be just the annoying leader that like causes grief because even though reflections is supposed to be there are open borders and there's no fighting amongst themselves and all of that uh, there is still always going to be a difficult leader at some point and it was supposed to be him mm-hmm. but i just feel really bad for certain things that i've thought about for his backstory and the reason he is why he is and i'm like no i've humanized him too much now i feel guilty and now i like him um it's the same with um nettle clouds um mum flightstar who okay. um dies in the prologue um nettle cloud she's is the, the cat protagonist that right dead. um and I've developed her story. Yes, she is, yeah. Okay. Um, so Flight Star they find her dead. So I was like, Okay, how did she die? Um, okay, this thing happened. Obviously I'm not gonna spoil stuff and then it's like, but why did it happen? Why why who who killed her? Why did they kill her? And what are the reasons? And I've basically just developed a whole proper backstory for Flight Star and her murderer and things like that, and I'm just like No, I'm supposed to be focusing on the main story. I like, I'm supposed to be doing like episode one, but it's like, no, I want to focus on Flight Star and everything that happens about her. And I'm like, It, it's just, I cannot focus. It's like, uh, it's one thing after another. Also, I've properly focused on, like, um, the founders of the, the clans as well. Like, mm-hmm. they've got a whole story written about them. And I'm just like, well, what am I that's doing? That's world
0: building. That's lore. It I, I think that that's an under understated step of when you're writing a story like this. Like, I don't know. To some extent, whenever I'm writing a character, I have to, like, know, if not who their parents are, who their parental figures are. Like... Uh, I don't know if it's yeah. it feels like such a bold thing to say cuz like whenever I don't know if somebody I I'm not like a, a master psychology expert or anything like that if somebody were to tell me about their childhood I would not know what to glean about them as a person from the things that they talk about generally speaking but mm-hmm. I feel like it's a very different thing for like characters um when I wrote yeah. my book I had a a really strong idea about what the generation before these main characters did and what they went through because that's like a part of Mm -hmm. first of all setting up the setting of the story and second of all setting up the uh mentor characters and setting up you know these people that are going to be teaching the uh these individuals what they know um i think an important part of uh understanding if not the, the family dynamic but a found family dynamic um is realizing that like parents will generally do everything that they can to avoid passing on the mistakes that led mm. them to the traumas that they experienced, but they will end up passing on the traumas themselves in some way. Mm. Um, and uh, sometimes that meant like going back another generation for my main characters. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know to any extent if I'll ever finish up my book series because I have other things to focus on right now. But um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about in it was this idea of inherited trauma and uh the the protagonist like basically it's all found it's found family all the way down the protagonist has uh an adopted father and that adopted father has an adopted father and that adopted father was driven out of uh, a place for being gay um and then you know he passes on that trauma to the adopted son and the adopted son to some extent uh struggles with his own stuff and interpolates and has his own trauma that he ends up passing on to uh, our protagonist. And I, don't, I, I think that, like, you, you shouldn't be beating yourself up for coming up with these important kinds of details to these characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Flight Star is going to end up being very important in the story, if not because of the role she plays as the mother, um, then the role that she plays as the, the starting gun, you know? The, the, the mm-hmm. thing that s- sets everything in motion. Um, and the impact that she had on the world uh, when she was alive.
1: Oh, thank you. I really needed to hear that, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's world building. Call it world building. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and enjoy fleshing out building. your parents.
1: I just get distracted with doing that, yeah. I it's, totally it's know what, what you feel
0: like. I think uh, <laughs> whenever I was, like, doing my writing stuff, I was like, man, it would be really nice to... Like tell a story somewhere else in this world. Like, does it have to be on this mm. boat with these children? It does. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it does. If I if I start, I think um, honestly, like opening up, uh, uh, opening up reflections and saying it's a community project and letting other people in is a very smart way of going about doing that. And I commend you for that, mm. uh, well yeah. and truly. That's Thank you like, a way of getting other people to do the backstory, which is a way of getting you to focus on the main story, uh, (laughs) which is clever. Very, uh, not, not saying that, not implying any, like, subterfuge or anything like that. I just think that's, like, a a really good way of, first of all, getting people invested in your world, and second of all, uh, letting, Mm -hmm. giving you an easier way to focus on what's important, which is the, the primary story here. Um, sorry, let's get back to the book. I got cool it's been so long since i've, I've talked about my book um i, I just it's, you know I, I jump at any opportunity i oh, guess that's
1: okay um
0: <laughs> so i want to i want to talk a little bit about the the various kit deaths that carry on through this book mm. like the you know, uh, what was it? Fern-, Fern Cloud loses two or three kits in this book, um, and they're of no import because we don't know anything about Fern Cloud or her kits aside from the fact mm-hmm. that she's mates with Dust Pelt, and Dust Pelt was uh, a vague antagonist to some He was like a bully, but that's like, yeah. you know, he's reformed now. He's a senior warrior or whatever. Um, and then there was Smokepaw who dies on the journey. Is, is there mm-hmm. any, like, you know, not-
1: I just felt so bad for Smokepaw because um, oh, it, it was really sad. So we sort of introduced... I can't remember if Smokepaw was in um, the previous two books from the New Prophecy, but um, basically we're sort of introduced to the idea of Smokepaw when um, Shadow Clan's camp is getting absolutely ripped apart and it's really like, oh, it's a really horrible scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Suddenly, Smokeboar, who we've only literally read uh, his name for like two seconds, um, ends up falling from the mountains whilst uh, the cats are traveling up the mountains. And that scene was absolutely soul crushing to me. It's, it, when I first read that, I was really, really scared. It, it was one of those things because I'm really scared of heights and I'm really mm-hmm. scared of falling. It was something... As when I was a lot younger, I was never bothered about, but it's the thought of falling, like thinking about stuff and working myself up. So for me, him dying in that way, really, I, it just not resonated with me, but I just sort of really felt it. And I was like, this character that I don't know, that I have no investment in, the way that he's just died, it's really shaken me quite a bit. Um, and as well with Nightwing, um mm-hmm poor nightwing who is again a cat that is only mentioned and seen in dawn is like refusing to leave like i can't remember if she actually does leave or not um if they say that she leaves to be honest i headcanon her as like just staying in that area because she says that she wants to stay because maybe he's still alive um and it's that sort of hysteria and just it's really really sad and it and again it just kind of made me feel really really sad and I was just like these characters that I know nothing about I really really feel for them
0: well now I feel like a psychopath for having such a like jaded reaction to it (laughs) I was like oh it's not a main character I don't care let me know when cloud tail falls off or something like that exactly
1: but but again it's for me because I'm so like nervous yeah. about heights and, and things especially up cl- up cliffs and mountains and stuff and a big black bottomless pit that's really really scary and the fact that you don't know if he's dead or not, he's obviously dead but mm-hmm. it's just not, You the body's not seen, you don't hear a thud nothing like that, it's just the endless sort of endless nothingness and the maybe he's still alive but definitely not
0: It's a a good character moment for a cat that we never know anything about ever again, really. It's a shame. Exactly.
1: Yeah. For me, I'll say that the biggest thing that, like, really scares me is the ocean, because that in itself, to me, is a bottomless pit. It's obviously not, but it's just so vast. Like, if, if you're just in the middle of the ocean, you're stuck, and you can see nothing around you but water and waves um yeah I don't know I didn't used to be scared of it but when I was younger I got dragged under by some waves and it was the first sort of moment of oh my god I think I'm gonna die like I feel like I'm drowning right now and it was really scary and I was just like so it sort of just become a fear because of that but I was really close to the shore still i was and it was um a really shallow bit but because the waves were so powerful they were pummeling me and i'm a really strong swimmer i'm not gonna lie i love swimming it's one of my favorite things to do okay. but because i couldn't even get out of that situation and it because it was such a shock i was just like i was just so surprised but anyway that's uh
0: well, that's that <laughs> Do you still have like issues with nature documentaries or anything like that? Or uh, no, actually, aquarium? it's,
1: if aquariums are fine, if you're under the water, it's fine. So, like, um, things like that, I don't mind. It's mm-hmm. if you're on the surface and you just look, and all you can see is waves like gently bobbing about, and it's the dark, dark blue like navy blue water and there's Hmm. no sort of boats around no landscape around it's literally just water I've never actually been in that situation before but I have had like dreams where I have been and it's just kind of like really really scary and just how icy cold it is as well it's it's not fun
0: that's a Thank you for sharing. I, I don't know how to, nice, like, interact okay. with it. Honestly, like, the thing that nice, you have funny described funny. sounds like a, a, the opposite kind of dream for me. I really love the ocean. <laughs> I'm a very keen on jellyfish. I, think, I don't know how much I've, I've spoken. Yeah, I've, jellyfish. You ever you ever heard of these guys? <laughs> They're like, <laughs> but like, no, I, I just sea creatures in general I think are really fascinating mm. to me. I have a membership to the Bristol Aquarium I, I like, used to visit every week. Um, mm-hmm. and then lockdown happened, so I can't go and visit now. But, like, I, I took oh, yeah. pictures of every exhibit, and sometimes I'll, like, you know, scroll through and be like, ah, oh, yes, this is the, uh, this is Kevin, the, um, parrot fish. Kevin was kicked out oh, of some sorry. of the other... No, it was Dave. Sorry, his name was Dave. Um... <laughs> Dave was this, uh, this trigger fish that lives in the, the big tank in, in the Bristol Aquarium, or one of the big tanks of the Bristol Aquarium. And um, he was kicked out of another aquarium because he kept biting the other fish. Oh he was God. just so naughty <laughs> that they could not have him there. So they That's brought him over funny. to Bristol. They put him in a bigger thing uh, with more enrichment. Um, because generally the, the <laughs> trigger fish will tend to be more bitey if their their thing is too small. If they don't have enough you know things to entertain them, they'll just start gnawing on things because um, yeah. that's how fish like that be but like yeah i it's a i i i personally i can't like get enough of the ocean i understand how some people can't though and uh i i you genuinely have my condolences that you <laughs> have a, a fear like that because oh, i can think yeah, of nothing more enjoyable is. than to just be me in the sea
1: yeah, I love like I say, I've always wanted to go scuba diving just to have a look, mm-hmm. especially like on the coral reefs and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Um oh, and I love dolphins and sort of any any like mammals like that. I think they're really cool, but yeah, like I say, just the the big blue. Not a big fan of it, if I'm gonna be honest. But it's mainly if it's if it's like sunny mm-hmm. and the sky's sort of clear i think it's okay but i always just imagine it being so dull and gray and just depressing
0: (laughs) well that's from you uh growing up in england what you got to do is get out to the mediterranean sometimes it's absolutely yeah. phenomenal
1: i've always wanted to that's like one of the one of the places i really want to go somewhere has
0: really cool biodiversity there's um yeah. there are white sharks in the mediterranean for some reason the, the the leading theory is a very long time ago a bunch of uh pregnant white sharks got lost and they ended up in the mediterranean and now there's just a population of great whites in the mediterranean and i think that's just so cool because they're not supposed huh? to be endemic in that area um, or at least they, they wouldn't normally be they are they are endemic for about, about yeah. as long as humans are you ever sharks are older than like trees wow and that weirds me out i'm sorry i'm getting like really into to wildlife i didn't now.
1: realize that no
0: sharks are That's super cool. old like i think yeah chordates chordates in general are in my opinion not that exciting um but like when you compare the the age of certain chordates like uh there's there are these uh, lobsters that have been around for longer than we've had, like, anything on land, basically. Like, plants plants didn't really happen oh, wow. for a while. And we had a lot of life in the sea before any of, you know, plants happened, really. Um, which I think is super cool. And there's, uh, yeah, just some, some, like, bony fish and cephalopods that are, like, ancient. And uh, yeah. there's, this, there's this great series on UK Netflix called Walking with Dinosaurs or something like that. And I unabashedly adore it. It's so good. I never like got it growing up and like I'll watch these things. It's like basically it's a, a really, really skilled VFX team that is just like working at their maximum capacity to make it look like there is a Steve Irwin type presenter show where he's like going into the past and uh interacting with these actual you know like you know things that ex- used to exist and they have like scientists yeah. consulting on it and stuff and it's like really cool and uh there was this you know episode about sea monsters and the seven most dangerous seas in the in all of history or whatever and I, I i cannot get enough of that sorry did i offend you with that accent i'll try harder next time Oh, that um, sounds
1: really cool, though. I'm surprised I've not watched it because I used to love. Well, I still do love like dinosaurs and everything like that. But I w- I was a crazy, crazy dinosaur kid. Mm-hmm. Like anything dinosaur, I'd have books about it. Um, I loved the Jurassic Park films, although they annoyed me because they weren't scientifically <laughs> accurate. And me as a twelve year old being like um yeah the the um films aren't like proper accurate and blah 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 and it's just like shush sneaky didn't shush. have any feathers <laughs> no, I, I understand <laughs> i
0: i get that way sometimes when i'm like watching i don't know their their uh, creature features will sometimes like take artistic liberties with the uh, animals that mm-hmm. they represent like any anything about piranhas i'm like all right you better have a. You better have some dang good. Uh, basically, the the reason I watch Creature Features now is to like watch the bit at the end where they come up with a creative way to kill it, because um, that is basically the most creativity that goes into the film, uh, and w- is scientific accuracy. <laughs> Uh, is something that I'm willing to waylay for a little while. But if it gets egregious, I'll be like, all right, that's enough. I've had, I, I'm turning off, you know, Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus starring Debbie Gibson and Tiffany. I've had enough. <laughs> do, do you ever watch any of those, like, sci-fi channel original movies or anything like that? Because those are just... No, you know, the, I, I don't the, the really jobs, watch TV knockoffs and
1: stuff. No,
0: Uh We should I, talk about the book. Now.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs>
0: So there's uh there's this guy Firestar in this book. You mentioned something about the tree that crushed him.
1: Oh, yes, of course. So, this was um it's more about like one whisker actually. Mm-hmm. So, um obviously again, don't want to spoil anything, but this is um sort of something that makes me laugh quite a lot this scene with um Firestar like basically kicking one whisker out of the way to save his life so um and then he obviously gets crushed by a tree Mm -hmm. um and it's like yeah that was pretty pretty funny horrible (laughs) no no no
0: i like the part where he died i think that was really cool (laughs)
1: uh i just mean for like future stuff um with what happens um again i don't know how far you are and like i say i won't spoil anything um but it's just how his and one whiskers relationship um changes is very interesting um and for me what happens now is a very like oh see great that's what a great friend would do he would save his other friend he'd sacrifice one of his lives when he has plenty to spare to kick him out the way and save him all good and then you just i mean again people that have read further on they will know what ends up happening and it's just like he really does forget how well firestar treated him it's just quite interesting but anyway that's basically I all know. i wanted to say on that situation these cats
0: have like a, a two second attention span
1: no it's just yeah like, it's just silly
0: river clan should still honestly be thanking firestar and gray for like you know feeding them when they couldn't feed themselves mm-hmm. but no apparently we don't owe you anything okay whatever exactly. Um, i know
1: that's another thing that really annoys me with again like how the clans bicker it's like you do realize that like we just helped you so much only a few months ago we basically saved all of your lives a few moons ago and now you're treating us like we're the devil okay that's amazing thanks
0: i I think like uh i don't know I, i i would be less willing I'd be more willing to forgive it if these books took place on a longer time scale like if it was like oh yeah remember two years ago when thunder clan saved you like okay that would have been two years ago that 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 would be like and you can't be using that as a political football but like yeah. genuinely things don't happen fast enough for two months to be an insignificant amount of time yeah like the the prophecy cats were gone for four months like that's not that's a lot you know, we can't mm. still be licking our wounds from uh, the prof from Bramble Claw going missing, but then, you know, also being like, that only happened, you know, like six weeks ago. That's ridiculous. We're not going to help <laughs> you, or something like that. Mm. Um, there was, so what did you want to say about uh, Grey Stripe then?
1: Oh, poor Grey Stripe. Oh, my heart. The, the, again, I was saying, did like, something this happen? No, 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 no. Well, just what happens is, like, obviously him getting captured by the two legs. Oh, my
0: God, he got um, captured?
1: Wait, what? By the Did two you? legs?
0: Oh, oh, man. Oh, this sucks. Okay. Oh, my God. Poor Grace. Anyway,
1: so obviously Strike getting captured by the two legs. For me, that was a massive, like, oh, my God, because I knew this happened already. Before I read the book, mm-hmm. Um, I knew this was going to happen, and... Because of like the Warriors, like AMVs on YouTube and like things like that. It had been spoiled for me already when I was younger and I knew it was going to happen. Yet when I read that book, I cried so many tears. That was the first book I ever cried at. And I was just like... Oh my God, poor Stripe! And this I knew This was because he was uh, fine. Blue Star's
0: Prophecy hadn't come out at this point, right?
1: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've still not read Blue Star's Prophecy. Ooh. It had, I think it had come out though. It had come out at that point because I remember watching AMVs about it and I really, really <laughs> wanted it, but my mum wouldn't let me buy, well, she wouldn't buy the book for me. And I was just like, no, because Blue Star was my favorite character for so long back then. I now look at her and go... I know a lot of bad stuff happened in your life, but damn, you were really horrible to a lot of people. um But it's just, yeah, it's just really, really crazy. Reading it now, being like, oh yeah, yeah. but yeah, grey stripe, like, because I love Brightheart so much. I've always loved Brightheart, so mm-hmm. obviously him rescuing her is like a big, like, oh, amazing. um But again, I knew he was fine. I knew he would be okay. Because, as well, in the books, obviously, at the back of the books, um, they have, like, the mangas that you can buy or that are coming out, etc. Mm-hmm. And there was this thing of Greystripe and Millie, and I'm like, who the heck is Millie? And, and then it's like, well, obviously, Greystripe's alive and he's fine. And, like, it's like, why is there a picture of them on a boat? I don't understand. Because, again, I've still not read... Um, any of the mangas aside from the rise of um, Scourge and um, Shadow and River Clan. Mm-hmm. So I still don't really know 100% what happened. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of rambling and not really making much sense.
0: That's by all means. That's, that's what we do here.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, just for me, Grey Stripe getting captured. I knew it was going to happen, uh, started crying anyway. I knew he was fine. I still cried and it still made me feel quite a lot. I just felt that was a really intense moment. And I just felt so bad for Firestar, especially um, obviously with him having to say goodbye to Ravenpaw as well. It's like his two best friends are both gone now. He's just all alone although now, he has all lovely yeah, storm
0: yeah and his ghost wife spotted leaf um,
1: oh god leave us alone spotted <laughs> I, I i'd
0: normally say there was like this this passage in the book where firestar was like he was uh looking at leaf paw and he's like i wish you could have known spotted leaf you remind me of her and i was like you talked literally twice but then yeah. like i realized Uh, Yeah, normally I'd say that Firestar is projecting his own feelings onto Spottedleaf, but the fact that he's spoken to her so many times after her death kind of negates Mm. that. And at this point, I have to accept, whether I like it or not, that it is an inalienable truth that Spottedleaf apparently had feelings for Firestar. Well...
1: (laughs) yeah, and, and it was just kind of like as a kid I thought, okay, that's fine but obviously you look at it now and realize that I mean, I know cats age gaps are kind of
0: like Yeah you know, I've decided nip, to stop letting talking. the age differences bother me because of like yeah. how cats work. Um by the time you're an apprentice, you're basically an adult. Like an apprentice yeah. is, is college, basically. Yeah. That's just Which, how things have to be.
1: No, yeah, biologically, yeah, it's it is literally that. Um I think the problem is it's when They're depicted as apprentices to be quite young still, Mm -hmm. Um, especially like with Rusty, like going into the forest and stuff. Um, I was going to say something about Spotted Leaf. Oh, yeah. So I saw um, someone posted on Twitter. I'm really sorry. I can't remember who it was uh, that they had a headcanon that... The reason Spotted Leaf is so sort of um, in Firestar's life still, as she's dead and things like that, is because um, they see her as more of like um, a mentor, someone that really, really cared about um, Fireheart and had a massive connection to him because he was this prophecy mm-hmm. that she had been told about. So it's because of the prophecy she has this connection with him. It I thought that was sense. really clever yeah. because it, it sort of gets away that weird romantic bit. Like, I completely get, like, Fire, Paw, Fireheart, whatever, having a crush on Spotted leaf because it mm-hmm. happens, like... It happens in the real world that um, younger, like young teens and stuff like that, end <laughs> up having crushes on mentors. It oh my happens. god! It's if true. I had a
0: if I had a dollar for every goth YMCA leader I had a, a crush on as a kid, I would be going to heck
1: exactly so I think it being displayed as um, Firepaw having a little crush on Spotted Leaf and then but her actually not having any romantic feelings her just having this special connection with him because again it's the prophecy mm-hmm. situation I think that's a lot a, a better way sort of to have it depicted so I like to think of that headcanon as being true since I
0: saw that I've been thinking I, I think that like the way, it's, the way that I've made it not awful in my brain is uh coming down to like the idea that spotted leaf and firestar are basically using each other in different ways and like Mm -hmm. firestar is kind of projecting his platonic ideal of a mate onto this the first cat that he had a crush on aside from Greystripe. and um spotted (laughs) leaf is projecting hers onto a cat that she realizes after death is obsessed with her and i think like maybe to spotted leaf it's a way of trying to reconcile the fact that she never got to be a warrior And, you know, never had those opportunities. She can, like, look at Firestar and watch him grow and say, if I was a warrior, this is who I would be. I would be a fierce leader. I would do everything right. You know, these are the decisions I would make. And she just misinterprets those feelings as romantic.
1: Yeah, that's quite interesting.
0: My opinion, anyways. Like, I think that um, we, we... a lot of, um, I don't, I don't want to sound like a, a contractualist or like one of those, you know, Thomas Hobbes stands, but I, I do think that like quite a lot of what we do as people is, um, you know, using each other just in different ways. Like I don't, Fire, Firestar wants this thing that he's not getting in his life and these two are being able to find this way to fulfill these need in each other. Is it healthy? Absolutely not. I don't think they should be doing it. But like the book is presenting me with this and this is a preferable alternative <laughs> to the idea yeah. that these two are star-crossed lovers, you know, that uh, just... whatever. Yeah.
1: Feels so bad for Sandstorm though. It just really annoys me oh that whole God, thing because same. I love Sandstorm, like I love the sort of um the they like they don't get along at first and then they like fall for each other um and things like that it's i i i'm a bit of a sucker for that not gonna lie um so i don't know it's just was- it really sucks for her she's such a strong independent woman and really i don't think she does need no man she definitely <laughs> doesn't need firestar um and it just really frustrates me that firestar still had this weird sort of connection with spotted leaf like and because isn't have you read firestar's quest I yes we covered
0: that you. with uh, my friend clayton
1: okay yeah so i haven't actually read that one but doesn't um sandstorm sort of confront him about that, in that yeah book? so the, yeah. the book
0: is basically supposed to be a treatise where they're like uh, the errands are like oh Hey, we didn't actually like have any buildup to their relationship, and there's still the spotted leaf problem, so we should probably yeah. take care of that. Um, mm-hmm. And so that book is is kind of like there there is there is cat fighting, there is infighting between Firestar and Sandstorm as they try to figure out both the clan and their relationship. And in the end, naming uh, Leafpaw, naming Leaf uh, Le- Leafkit leaf Kit was Sandstorm's decision. So that's supposed to okay. like signify that she's. Come to peace with the relationship uh, between Firestar and Spottedleaf, but personally, I do also feel very sorry for her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just uh, also, I'm, I'm in my head canon. I think that Firestar is a a is by. And I think that he does not realize that he has an attraction towards Graystripe and he just thinks that it's friendship because there are no uh, good role models for him to model that off of. Yeah. Um, so I think that that F- Sandstorm is just placed in this very unfortunate position where she is the compulsory uh, heterosexual partner to a guy who isn't really that interested. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel bad for her too. This poor, poor she, she deserves so much better
1: yeah definitely see we need um canon lgbt cats please i beg for that because it's just getting ridiculous yeah. the, the heterosexuality <laughs> in warrior cats is so forced most of the time as well like you'll see again with leaf pour, the
0: closest the... we really get is i think ravenpaw and barley right
1: yeah yeah so i'm pretty sure they're basic they are they are canon come on let's let's yeah. face it they're, they're it's just they're it's boston kind of
0: marion at the face. very least and i think that's gonna do it for this week's episode of four trees uh thank you so much for listening to it four trees that is uh our warrior cats community podcast i've been your host spencer grant i'd like to thank our guest sneaky for joining us for the last little while you have been an absolute pleasure to have uh four Trees is recorded live in front of the studio audience at druid's hollow studios here in bristol our theme was composed and performed by spencer chopin grant and mixed by alex turner our graphics and 3d assets were designed by spencer diablo grant and our editor is spencer Pagliagi grant the Warrior Cats series is written by Aaron Hunter and distributed by HarperCollins. Please support the official release. You can find us at the web at spencergrant.co.uk slash or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find our YouTube uploads with auto-generated subtitles and audio visualizations at youtube.com slash spencergrant. Again, I've been Spencer, and you have been beautiful. Bye!